Oh, the Dead Set legends are everywhere once again, Adelaide. We've got Callum Ferguson, who's dominating the big screen at the moment on TV, covering the Ashes, doing it nicely from Sydney. He joins us right now. Hello, Fergus. Tomo, great to be here. Dead Set legends time, best time of the week, and we're fired up. It's There's sport everywhere at the moment, Tomo. It's been glorious. You know, we're covering the cricket. We've got five screens with five different sports happening. It's magnificent. Ah, fantastic. And a man who resides up in Brisbane at the moment, Tommy Rockliffe, doing it well. And um, we'll rock off the top. I think we need to address the elephant in the room about what happened about an hour ago. Because you've wandered into the Brisbane studios there and you're not really tech savvy, I think it's fair to say. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably fair (laughs) enough. It's happened again. (laughs) Well, you nearly put... Triple M Brisbane all over Triple M Adelaide, mate. Somehow, which is quite extraordinary. He did. Yeah, well, he did. Well, there's a show that leads into our show. I think it's called the Loz and Tomo Show. It doesn't. Which is uh, flying. Well, <laughs> not many people like it. So I actually wanted to play a bit of Liam Flanagan and stuff like that. It's, it's actually oh, funny, me. Fergus, because Flanners said to me a couple Great of weeks man. ago. He, uh, he goes, has Ferg put on a couple because of oh, um, the outfits? But it was the outfits that Channel 9 started oh, for you. God. You look much better now. You're looking a lot better but in the uh, outfits. You've got wrestled control back there. <laughs> yeah, nice deflection. Um, yeah, no, we have tidied things up a little bit and we're back on track. I, I took the reins there. You know what I'm like. I don't I don't stand for that stuff. But uh, back on to you, Rob. Mm. How, how did things go this morning? How did... What, 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 what went wrong again yeah. for you? It just well, seems to happen every every second week. Well, I don't want to say too much about it, but it wouldn't be that hard, would it? I mean, you've got people that should be able to control this. You should be able to walk into a studio and have microphones on and the headphones work. I've got headphones from one side of the studio to the other. The microphone on the other side of the studio set up here, it's not that hard. The the Zoom cameras are up in the top corner. I can't even see you blokes. You look that small. It's... I don't want to say too much about well, you it. you clearly but, um, are. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it should be easy enough to sort out, shouldn't it? <laughs> Let's just say this. They do it differently up there. Mm. They do oh, it yeah. very, very differently up in Queensland. Yeah. <laughs> They certainly do, but let's let's shift our attention because massive sporting, no bigger than the game tonight at Adelaide Oval. Yep. Port Adelaide take on Collingwood, one v two. It should be a sellout. You should be close to fifty thousand there. They may even break the record tonight. Collingwood always travel well. Mm. Biggest game in Adelaide for probably I don't know ten fifteen years, boys. You reckon? Oh, it's, it's massive, <laughs> mate. It's huge, yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully the rain does stay away. It's meant to be get a little bit throughout the day, but hopefully it clears up tonight, biggie boy. <laughs> Yeah, so really looking forward to that. The Ashes is on over in England, Australia in all sorts as well. Oof. We've got the golf, wow. uh, the British Open, I think it is as well. So TV is just late nights everywhere at the moment, isn't it? Ferg, yeah, speak, speaking of rain, what's yeah. going on there? Because we yeah, need well, some, no, don't we? I've got my dancing boots ready to go. There are rain dancers going on everywhere in the Sydney studio. I don't know what's happening in Manchester, but every Australian on the ground over there, get your dancing boots on. We need the rain to tip it down, and it's a chance to. I'm telling you, honestly, look. Look at, the, look at the forecast. It's Armageddon on the way, and it's going to blow away Old Trafford, and we're going to march over over to the Oval down in London with the ashes retained. There you have it. You speak about my morning there, Tomo. We, yes. we were waiting for Fergie. He got last minute. I think he was dancing all the way down Oxford Street last night. There's a few reports. Yeah, I'm hearing minimal through. hours of sleep from our <laughs> man, Fergus. Dancing down Oxford Street is what I'm told. <laughs> Undies on head. Oh, we love it. We're going to get stuck right into it. Next here at Triple M, the Bulldogs too good for the Essendon Football Club. Pig's going to give us the wash up on that here at the Dead Set Legends 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. How good?
Kick your Saturday morning off with some Guns and Roses. Oh, 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's the Dead Set Legends, Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. Siren, the Dogs with a 10th win of the season. Convincingly in the end, 41 point winners over the Bombers. The Dogs nicely positioned in the eight. The Bombers in trouble. Back-to-back hidings for the Dons. Rocky, how'd you see it, mate? Yeah, it was. They uh, started started well, Essendon, but we've just had a text come through on the Auto, Auto Masters uh, text line, 0488511047, if you want to get in contact oh, with the show yes, at Rock. all. That's a significant improvement. Um, we've got a text here. Bulldogs didn't need Tomo last night. That no, comes that from um, Mark Rusciuto. <laughs> yep. They sent that one through. So uh, then after quarter time, though, it was all the Western Bulldogs. They just dominated, and they certainly didn't need Tomo in the midfield. There's no <laughs> doubt in that. Libba, Libba was fantastic. Wasn't he? He was at his absolute best, dominated the game. A lot of contested footy clearances that they beat Essendon up around the clearances. They went plus plus 21 in that stat. Marcus Bontempelli potentially polls another three votes. So I know mm. that everyone speaks about Nick Dacos winning the Brownlow mm. and it's all over, but uh, be careful of Marcus Bontempelli. I reckon over the last five or six weeks, he, he might have polled a, a lot of best on ground. So yeah. They just really got hold of Essendon, and, and Essendon, they've been really disappointing. They played their grand final a couple of weeks ago against mm. the Mighty Crows, didn't they? And uh, got Tomo to sing the song, but since then, they've yeah, been good. disappointing. Just letting you but, know, the feedback from that this week has been strong. Like from who? A lot Your of people. Mum. Yeah. It's not, not uh, what I'd heard. No, no, no. Um, not, not, not good, really, if I'm being honest. Strong and hard, and uh, yeah, very, very proud of me, they are, so which is good. Yeah. <laughs> you sounded <laughs> passionate are, but... about it, isn't it? <laughs> There's a guy I want to speak about, Ferg. I know you're a passionate Essendon fan and um, mm. you know your footy inside out. Jake Stringer. Yeah. Where's his career at now? He started the game last night. I think he had four possessions in the first three minutes of the game. And he only yep. touched it for another four times. The week before, he only had the, the, sa- the same, hardly touched it against the, the Crows as well. Mm. I get a bit concerned with their use of him at times. I feel like once we get the full complement of midfielders back into the side, it's almost like Essendon feel like they've got to give those front liners first crack of the cherry in at the stoppage. I liked that they actually went to Stringer a bit more early in the game, but then he just seemed to spend all of his day up forward again, whereas he's an absolute beast at contest. You know that, Rocky, as well as anyone. He just he throws his body weight around, gives us a presence in there. I just feel, feel like at times he's a bit of a victim of where Essendon feel like they need him um, up forward rather than you know what, we actually need to get it into the forward line full stop. So, I look, he hasn't had the year that he had last year. He should have been All-Australian last year. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He came into this year with a few niggles under his belt, which doesn't help anyone. We know that. We've seen Port struggles last year when some of their front liners struggle with injury. So, look, I think he's fine. It's just it's been his use that I've, I've been concerned with more so. Yeah, and again, defensively, they were open up, Essendon. They had the same amount of inside 50s, both teams. They both went inside 50, 40 nine times, but the Bulldogs got the, the 25 scoring shots to Essendon, only the 14. The contested footy, as you just mentioned, when it goes wrong for Essendon, it goes really badly mm. wrong. They got beaten up hard in that area, minus 30 in contested footy. So the Western Bulldogs, you, you wouldn't want to come up against them in finals. They're, they're going to play finals footy. There's, I think we can all agree on that. They're going to finish in the bottom bottom four, so of the top eight, so fifth to eighth. You would not want to come up against them, mm. I don't think. I think mm. it's Collingwood's to lose at the moment. They're clearly the best team in the competition. But if the Western Bulldogs get on a run like we've seen them do a few years ago, they, they are the real deal. Yeah, they're a dangerous side. I, 
your midfield, when you look at the midfield battles that the coal face, I mean, right now with the form they're in, the Western Bulldogs, they're a threat to anyone because they're just so strong at in the midfield. That that midfield runs so, so deep, Rock. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? We spoke about a couple of those guys. Bailey Smith found his way back into the team last night. He was pretty good. McRae's being just consistent, not getting huge numbers, but he just gets his 20-odd, does what he has to, and, and they've, they've got contributors across the board. Where to for the Dons? They play finals, Rock. Can you see him making the eight? Well, it's going to depend. We, we just had a good chat off air, didn't we? Mm. The next five weeks, uh, they need a win. They can only cough up one of them them games. If they, they lose two of them, it's all over for them. We know they've got Collingwood in the last round. They probably lose that on all, all form would say that. So they either need to beat Sydney next week or the Giants in uh, at Giants Stadium because mm. they've got West Coast, which they, they should beat, and North Melbourne they should beat. But if they lose two of those last five games, they don't make it. If they win all four, they probably sneak in. Jordan Ridley going down with a, a quad last night. Uh, in all honesty, as a avid Essendon follower, I, I can't see us beating uh, GWS, uh, to be honest, because that's one they're going to have to win, and they're going to have to beat Sydney as well. Uh, with the way that a loss of a senior defender has affected Essendon in-game over the last month or so, I just can't see us winning enough games to make finals from here. We'll just make it 19 years without a finals win. Oh, God. Yeah, well, just keep racking them up. Just, <laughs> just sunk, sunk the boots in late there, Rock. <laughs> Off the top turnbuckle again, Rock. Now I've got a top draw. I've got a top draw coming up next, Ferg. I was talking about right. cricket. It's oh. responding to one of our very, very own here at the Dead Set Legends 104.7 Triple M. 25 minutes past nine o'clock for your Saturday morning. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M, the Dead Set Legends. Jordan Butts is going to join us just after oh, 9.30 yes. this morning. Yes. The full back from the Adelaide Football Club. Looking forward to that. On Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Open the top drawer. It's time for Tomo's Top Draw. Now, Rocky, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jay-Z Clark, who's going to join us just after 11 o'clock, he did a Triple M 11 throughout the whole country. The whole country, Triple M footy 11, but not one person was in from Adelaide or New South Wales or Brisbane. It was basically Victorian, wasn't it? It was, it was a myth. Yeah, VFL um, footy team, wasn't it? Triple M footy, cool yeah. team, cricket team, whatever he came up with. And I'm hearing Mark Howard still not talking to him oh. about not, uh, not, <laughs> not being in there. Is that right? Wow. Well, that's what I'm hearing. Interesting. So you had the likes of Tom Rockliffe miss out, Simon Black miss out, yep. uh, Mark Rusciuto miss out. Do you know what I mean? This is just, it's staggering. So, well, it's some big just... names there, aren't there? And, and some guys with some serious athletic ability and cross codes. They were very good cricketers as you, in their youth rock, like yeah. yourself. But we're, like me and Rue would bring some entertainment as well, like off the field, on the field. There'd be some good sledges. Oh, well, this so is why I've decided I need a Triple M Adelaide first 11. Triple Ooh, M Adelaide yes. first yes. 11. Okay, so the Love Ashes it. is all going on. So if Jay-Z's Clark is going to do the Victorian one, I'll do the Adelaide one. Simple as that. Okay, so coming, at, coming in at number one. So you need someone who's obviously played the game a little bit, and he's also the captain. His name is Greg Blewett. Yes, nah. love it. 46 nah. tests for this country. Say no more, in my opinion. Nah. He's the skipper of the side. Nah, you can't be your captain. You can't, you can't have a doormat as your captain. You need a strong leader. You need someone like a Mark Rusciuto to be your captain. You can't have – he can be number one. He's probably the best player, but he's not a captain. He's, a, he's, he's our captain. He's Come not on. a captain's he's captain backside. The, he's captain he's the all class. Backs. He is all class. Yeah. He's all class, Rock. I'm he's, not having it. He's a, yes, he's a yes man that just – 
does what oh. he's told. Oh, jingies. I'm whack. Oh, wow. Anyway, I, I, I've got Bluey as captain. Opening um, the batting, opening the bowling. He's also <laughs> opening, uh, he's opening the batting with a flashy opener. Bernard Vince is coming yep. in at number two, okay? So he's also got about, well, you know, he's played, well, Bluey's played 46 tests for our country, and I reckon Bernie's got about 46 flags for Stansbury. Well, so. yeah, yeah, but he's also got a 20-ball duck in a grand final last year up his sleeve, too. I'm not sure he's all that flashy. Okay. Um, number, number three, this is the, the brick wall of the side, okay? This is someone sort of like a Rahul Dravid sort of oh, setup is what I'm Gibraltar. going for. Yep. Tom Rockliffe. Comes oh, in at number yes. three, okay? So best, bat- best batsman comes in at three. Can't hit it off the square. Strike rate of about 26. That's our man, Rocky. He's just going to hold up an end for us. And Jeez, it also, could be a bore off if, if Rocky and Bernie end up at the crease together. Jesus. And, and Send I, and I sleep. Tell you what, give me the grill in the field. I'm, I'm under the helmet. You're I'm under right the in there, just talking to the batsman as the bowler it. comes in. Okay, no love worries. That, so no matter the situation, I reckon Bluey's going to make sure that we've always got a silly mid on, and that is our man pick. <laughs> he definitely threw you under the bus there. I love it. Number four, now this is you, Callum Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, you've got a mansion in Goodwood. In Goodwood, I should say. And and that is because you batted at number four for this state. You represented our country in three different formats. A class act comes in at number four. The best yep. batsman in this side. Uh, oh, love that geez. selection. He's, he's, he's got a good coaching record. Took the Scorpions to the final. They fell <laughs> over. But he, he taught, he taught our boss, Matty O'Reilly. As well. Matty O'Reilly had a bat who still hasn't made a run or feel, but he's, <laughs> yeah, um, he's certainly it. in there. I'll get four. to him. I'll get to him. Uh, number five is Mark Rusciuto, specialist batsman. Yes, Rudy. Coming in. A real questionable technique on Rue, but actually just keeps on getting the job done. Okay? He yeah. keeps on getting the job done. And he is the organiser of the cricket trip off field. Yes, and first slipper, first slipper, form guide in the pocket, away you go. Now, at number six, you need an all-rounder. You need a rare talent that can do absolutely everything. Mm. Sort of like the great Andrew Simons role is what I'm going for. Yeah, so that. bats aggressively, can bowl some tweakers and some right arm medium fast. Love it. That's Andrew Jarman for me at number six. Juice. <laughs> yeah, I've got, oh, juice. got juice at six. Maybe <laughs> no, four and, years ago. You've hit the nail on the head, Andrew Simon. Andrew Simon's would go fishing when there was a team meeting on. I remember, I think Jars just was asleep one day when he was supposed to be calling the footy at Adelaide Oval. That's a good call, Tommy. Uh, number seven is the wicketkeeper, Matthew O'Reilly. Uh, who was our boss here at, uh, at Triple M. And he's only making the side because he's paying off our mortgages, really. But <laughs> we need him in. Uh, more of a backstop than a wicketkeeper, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> what, just have him down the end? No catches, yeah, just stop the ball. Sit him down on the boundary in case the ball goes past the back. Uh, number eight, you need a frontline spinner. And this is a man that can tweak him both ways, in my opinion. Is that right? Chris Dittmar. Chris oh, Dittmas, yes. yep, he's our yeah. frontline spinner at eight. Yes. He's lefty. He's a bit of Steve O'Keefe, isn't he? Both sort yeah, of for sure. similar characters on and on and off the off the field. Yeah. <laughs> now, He'd be crafty already. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, now, in all good country cricket sides, you need a nine that doesn't bat, doesn't really bowl, and goes fine leg to fine leg. In all good sides, and that's Loz. Loz comes in at Loza. nine. Oh. Yeah, Loz is in. Love is that, that the 2023 selection, Tom? <laughs> Come on, Rock. We're very diverse here at Triple M. <laughs> Hang on a second. Now, number, oh, I love it. Get her in there. Number 10 is Tommy Jonas. He's in the side. TJ. Well, he's, he's, he's free at the moment, so he's in. No, we look after our own here at What's Triple M. What's he bowling M. these days, TJ? <laughs> Just 
right, the boots in. Right on there. He won't poor, be admitted from this side, I tell you. He's in. He no, is in. Get a game and he's a lot. Um, number 11. I reckon the big scary sides always need someone over 200 centimetres. Yes. But they bowl nothing short of mediocre. <laughs> and that's Sam Jacobs. Oh, <laughs> that's the source. source. He's in at 11. <laughs> But oh, that, that's six your, foot eighteen bowling one fifteen. That's it. That's it. <laughs> You've left out one of the best of all time at Triple M, Brenton Yates. Uh, Yada, where's Yada? Where is he? All uh, time. Yada, Yada's out. He can score. Oh no, he can score. <laughs> Yada's I'll scoring now. Now this He's does not surprise 20 me. Twenty plus years at Triple M, Adelaide. You've left him out. No. I need a Sam point Jacobs out of in there. Yeah. There is a bigger omission than that one, and a far more controversial one, and I'm not sure he's going to want to talk to Tomo, or he's already not talking to him, and that's Rep Biggers Biglands. No, Where he's out. I'll be honest about Biggers. He wouldn't make the second 11. Who's <laughs> <laughs> 12th man? The 12th, it's, it's not the 12th man, it's the 12th woman, and it's Molly Rose. Okay, she, yeah, she, okay. she yeah. presses well, the buttons for the rush hour and keeps them all in check there. Well, can, can you rely on her to turn up? I mean, you've got button pushers. You've got Emma G who never was on the on the rush hour. She was always away. Molly worked for a, a week and then she had six months off overseas. Yeah, I'm South a bit Korea, concerned she went about there. her prep. Yeah, she's coming in underdone. Happy <laughs> 12th mayor. Where are we at? Oh, Biggers, if you're out there, no, get no, in touch. Biggers Yada. is out. Poor Yada. Actually, Yada's in. Tommy, had, Tommy Jonas is out again. And I, and I had Four Biggers Yada. in there too. 104.7 Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tomo. And a huge game is an understatement for the Adelaide Football Club. If they're going to be playing finals in 2023, they head across the border tomorrow to take on the Melbourne Demons. And an emerging defender in the competition is Jordan Butts. And he joins us right now. Jordan, good morning to you. G'day, boys. Thanks for having me. Ah, mate. Let's address the elephant in the room straight up. One, one win on the road uh, for the Adelaide Football Club. You go over to the home of footy tomorrow. How differently are you attacking this, playing on the road, than any other game? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, yeah, not, not been the best our away games at the moment. But, um, yeah, we want to be able to finals footy and, and what against Melbourne at the G. Um, yeah, hopefully we can bring it. And Matty Crit line up. That's a, a game to find some for him, form, and hopefully for you. Yeah, playing, uh, some excellent handful, and uh, yeah, we'll look there. And uh, look, years into your stint, um, how did you enjoy to Adelaide, and, and how the last few years of being a crow for life? Yeah, yeah it's definitely a transition. I got, I got drafted with a bunch of other uh, Victorian boys as well, so we've kind of uh, gone through the journey together. And yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide's a terrific spot, and I'm happy to stay here for as long as I can. Jordan, you're going to have to win a, a few games on the on the road to make finals now. Just looking ahead at your draw, you've got Melbourne, obviously, tomorrow afternoon at the MCG, then a massive showdown where we know anything can happen. You've got the Gold Coast Suns at home, the Lions away. It's a, a tough sort of month of footy ahead for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a bit tough, but um, but as I said, you know, if we want to play finals, we've got to win these sort of games. So um, it is a challenge, but we're, we're looking forward to it. Nice one, Jordan. Now, how much work do you do throughout the week, mate, of, uh, of looking at the, the different forward setups that Melbourne are bringing to the table? They just fell in last week. How much do you take out of the, re- the review of that game? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, we do our research and and um, and figure out what what's uh, the best matchup for which player. But uh, but at the end of the day, we, we focus on what we want to bring and and um, how we bring defense uh, as a whole team. And uh, I think that's the key to um, yeah, winning these sort of games. 
Jordan, you've uh, started to develop quite a, a, a strong, tight-knit group down back. Obviously, the forward line probably gets more of the plaudits around the place, but certainly the back six looks like it's tying together nicely with some good youth in amongst it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, younger group, but, um, but uh, yeah, we, we're gaining more experience game by game. So, um, yeah, I feel like we're gelling together uh, very nicely. We've seen teams in the past, particularly when they come up against Melbourne, go after Max Gorn. We've seen probably one of the better games of his career last week. Riley O'Brien, a huge job. Is there going to be a team, um, a team focus to go after him and try and impact him when he's off the footy as well? Um, yeah, I mean, Gorn, yeah, is definitely um, a good player. Um, but I think the main focus for us would, would just be, yeah, a team defence, obviously, um, and just staying switched on it and bringing it to, the, bringing it to him for the whole game. Have you changed anything about going interstate this weekend, Jordan, from a couple of weeks ago when you played Essendon over at Marvel Stadium or, uh, you know, even before that as well, playing Collingwood on the G, mate? Yeah, um, no, nothing's changed too much. I think we're just, um, yeah, sticking to the same routine as as what individual players uh, prefer. And, um, yeah, the the main thing is everyone's just got to bring it on game day. How have you found uh, Jordan Dawson as a a captain, mate? Obviously a... uh, you know, a bit of a change up uh, over the the preseason to a new captain. How have you found that transition? Yeah, yeah, he's he's um, stepped up to the role very nicely, and um, he's able to uh, yeah lead the lead the group and uh, bring the group together very nicely. And and obviously he's playing some terrific footy as well. So um, he's doing a great job in uh, in his first year. Uh, what big... are some of the strengths that uh, you've you've noticed that he's really brought to the table that might differ from uh, previous captains you played under out in the field? Um, oh, just, well, he just, he just, uh, recently moved into the midfield and, uh, yeah, I just admire his, um, you know, his leg drive and competitiveness and, and same, same as the other captains, they all bring the same to the table, but, um, but yeah, his move to the midfield is definitely, um, yeah, lined his game up a lot. Appreciate your time, Jordan, on this lovely Saturday morning, mate. Go get him tomorrow. It's a massive day for the football club. Beautiful. Cheers. Thank you. Five minutes away from 10 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. The dead uh, legends, Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and uh, Tomo. And I tell you what, he's dominated the small screen already. Cow Ferguson, hasn't he done just a bloody fine job on Channel 9? Fergus, what's going on with the Ashes, mate? Uh, we've got the dancing boots on, everyone on the ground over there. Murph Hughes Cricket Tours, they've all got their dancing boots on. We're crying for rain. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there might be a fair bit coming, but we're in a... A world of hurt at the moment, guys. Uh, we're four for 113 as it stands at the moment. 162 runs behind, uh, having to force England to bat again. And uh, there's plenty of time left in the game, but we're certainly um, we're certainly mindful. There's a lot of rain to come forecast. Uh, but look, that was it's been a tough couple of days for for the Aussie. Tough, tough Test match as a whole. They missed an opportunity with the bat to. To bat big. Uh, we got sent in, yes. We made 300. Normally, you'd say not a bad effort being sent in. But England weren't sending us in because it was a green-seeming wicket. They were sending us in because they, they knew there was rain coming. And you'd have to say that the plan worked. Australia didn't capitalise on their starts. You know, just a litany of 30 to 40, um, 30 to 50 scores mm. from our batters. Just we coughed up too much of the ascendancy. And then England on the back of Zach Crawley's uh, massive 100, uh, have really grabbed a hold of this test match and they've caught us out a bit. They certainly have. Which partnership do you reckon is the, the big one, Fergus? I know that there was about four, it felt like four or five that really got going and then just fell over. The, the one that really led Australia down in that first innings, it could have been really big. 
Oh, look, there, there was probably, yeah, like you mentioned, that there was a few, but, you know, I, I felt like um, when Marnus Labashane and, and Stephen Smith, just the timing of their dismissals um, really left us susceptible. And, and, and unfortunately, um, it's actually been the case in a number of the test matches. Those two in particular have made a lot of start. And, and, it's, and it's just when they've gotten out that's, that's left us open because, you know, they've generally been the ones that have taken us to four or five down for sort of mid-150s, late-100s. And, and when you get into those situations in test cricket, you leave yourself to susceptible, particularly when the second new ball comes around. Uh, a lot of starts for the, uh, obviously, for the Australian cricket side, but I want to go through what, what England were able to do. So they had six players that made over 50, you know, Bairstow 99 not out and 189, like you said, from, from Crawley. A lot of criticism on Pat Cummins and the way we've bowled and tactics even before mm. the game, but certainly throughout the duration of this test. What are your thoughts on his captaincy and what's he done? Yeah, look, it does feel like, uh, and there's been a lot of, um, commentary around this, but it feels like when we've been caught on the hop and, and they've come at us real hard and someone's gotten away that we've been a bit deer in the headlights and we've gotten a bit stuck in, you know, game plan one, hit top of off with a good bouncer. And, and then the minute they hit a couple in quick succession off that line and length, we've seen what Travis Head has done over the last few years to bowling attacks, hitting him off a line length. It feels like we've blinked pretty quickly. Um, rather than sticking at what we do best for, for longer, um, it feels like we've jumped a bit, gone to the bouncer plan, which worked in one test match at Lords. That's mm. basically it. And then we've stuck at that. And then from there, there's not really been a plan C. Um, and what, we've, what we saw in this test match was once Australia on day three actually went back to hitting a hard length, trying to hit the top of that off bail with a couple of good short balls. We're actually finding wickets. We're knocking blokes over and, and hitting the stumps, LBWs. So at times when someone's gotten away from a Stokes or Bearstow, we've just stuck fat to a plan that is actually playing into their hands. Stokes just wants to clear the front leg out the way and hit it over the leg side. And we've bowled a lot of stuff short straight at him and allowed him to, to continue to do that rather than mixing it up, being unpredictable and making it harder for these rhythm hitters. They, you know, we, we term it that way because they just they, they really do pounce on anything that's predictable. And we've been far too predictable too often and allowed them to get on top. And, and like um, Ricky Ponting actually uh, talked about overnight, um, we were a bit deer in the headlights under enormous pressure that we haven't seen much of recently. We've got some audio. They looked a bit ragged at times. Would you agree with that? Yeah, confused. I think the pressure got to them. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I think, you know, this team's probably not been put under that sort of pressure ever. Pat, as a captain, has never been put under that sort of pressure. Is he talking about the test before the Ashes as well in that, you think? Like the build-up and the workload of Pat Cummins and, you know, I know we've had a couple of bad days, don't get me wrong. Everything mm. was all sky high before that, but this is what yeah. happens with, with criticism, doesn't it, really? Is it, is it got something to do with that World Test Championship as well? Oh look, I, I do feel as if uh, the workload is starting to to weigh heavy on on Pat, and it, it's certainly been, you know, he's had to bowl more overs than anyone in the Australian cricket team. You know, leading into to the third innings in this in this game, uh, sorry, uh, the first innings with the ball in this game, Pat had already bowled forty plus overs more than anyone else in our lineup, and that's in this series alone. Let alone what was happening in the World Test Championship where he was picking up the slack and bowling long overs already. So, um, yeah, he, he's 
having to shoulder a lot of load. And he's a captain that hadn't captained at all before Test cricket. So there was a lot of um, pressure being put on him um, when things were getting difficult. The batters were getting away from us. You can't always have Steve Smith and David Warner standing next to you, whispering in your ear. You've got to start thinking on your feet. And he didn't have a lot of experience to draw upon. Let's pray for rain. Let's pray for rain. Get back where down we're Oxford at. Street, Fergs. No, <laughs> Twinkle toes, Fred Flintstone down the, down the streets here. On Triple M. Now we're up and having here for a Saturday morning. Yes. 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson. And Tomo and Fergus, when, when something happens to one of our own, we, we don't get happy about it. The rush hour of personally target our man Tommy Rockliffe throughout the week. I don't like it. No, unprovoked attack in my eyes. And, and this, again, uh, it stems from a, a, an, on run, an ongoing dispute that's running between Greg Blewett and our very own Tom Rockliffe. Yeah. And I just feel like it's starting to get nasty and underhanded, and we saw more of it this week, didn't we, Tomo? Oh, I couldn't agree more. There was a – I don't know if you've heard this, Rocky, but there was a, uh, a list management segment done on the rush hour throughout the week of the Adelaide Crows and the Port Adelaide Football Club. But they decided to do one here at Triple M. Mm-hmm. And, That's right. And had a look at the dead set legends. Uh, Fergus. Me and you are safe. Me yeah, and you are we, safe. But our yeah, man, we've been re-signed. Our for, man, for our man, fi- Rock. Five-year deals. Either. Our man, Rock. Here's what they had to say. Tom Rockcliffe. Well, Burn and Greg. I don't gone. mind. I don't no, mind. Rob. Gone. Gone. Oh, gone. He's same, out. Same reasons okay. as Ian Healy. Like he's just, we've got cameras in the studio. He's <laughs> just sort of. His right. whole face is just morphing into the same <laughs> kind of thing. It's just like <laughs> when you can't he, see any definition. <laughs> Are there any facial bones in there? When he wears a white shirt, he's got fluid retention issues. Oh, well, (laughs) sort it out. Bit pointed. Oh, it's a bit harsh. Look, it's it's probably fair, everything they've they've stated there, but... um, We'll, uh, we'll fire back a little bit later in the show. We'll get an opportunity to return serve, won't I? Yeah, I Rock, think so. I reckon, I reckon you're far too kind on them there. That was unwarranted, unprovoked. I don't like it. I want mm. you to come back hard, please. Mm. Have you got anything you're writing down to use just before 11 o'clock, Rock? Yeah, well, I, I think, well, why don't we just do it do now? It I mean, now. You, Let's you've go. got You've got a, a man by the name of Andrew Jarman whose body's there and his brain's not really there with him anymore or, or not there all the time, is it? I mean, he's the in the studio. There's no one he, home. He forgets what he's talking about. He did a segment, I think, last week or something about Henley shirts. It didn't make sense. <laughs> it went in roundabouts and he's giving advice on people that should stay and should go. I mean, his body might be in studio, but I don't know where his brain is half the time. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> and then, of course, you've got Greg Blewett who just jumps on the back and joins in. He's a, he's a mat that's been walked up over forever. He doesn't have an opinion, doesn't want to upset anyone. The only person on that show that can hold their head high is Bernie Vince. Yeah. And we understand why, because he's a star of it. And he actually went into bat for me and said he doesn't mind me. And, and Molly, I mean, I think she, she even kept her job. She's been there for two minutes and had six months off. It's, it's quite incredible what happens on that show, but, but that's for them to, to worry about. I mean, Andrew Jarman, he's got a He's he's on borrowed time, isn't he? And Greg and Greg Blewett, I mean, he'll do it for as long as his his wife allows him to. <laughs> borrowed time. <laughs> oh, oh, 
Oh, wow. whack off the top turnbuckle. Tom Rockliffe. Intriguing. <laughs> 13 minutes past 10 o'clock. 104.7 Adelaide's <laughs> Triple M. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. 16 minutes past 10 o'clock. You can get us on the listener app as well. L-I-S-T-N-R. It's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson and Tomo. And uh, well, just quickly before we get into the phonery of Fergus. Rocky mm-hmm. just went off the top turnbuckle at the, the whole rush hour. Yeah. Um, you know, Bernie, Bluey and Jars. All fair enough, because they had a crack. Poor Molly Rose, who's just sitting there yeah. pressing the buttons, has absolutely copped it all morning from our man, Rock. And yeah, uh, she's, what, she's what we've definitely do- collateral dar- damage what, there, isn't she? What we've just discovered is that Rocky's never met her. <laughs> <laughs> He's spoken to her Come once. On, He's spoken to her once on Zoom. And that's oh. it. <laughs> I actually said stuff. Bernie Bernie was a star and he looked after me as well, but I'm not sure after hearing it back again, he actually sprayed me. Yeah. He's, is he even on Triple M? I mean, he's doing breakfast on SAFM. Maybe you should just go over there. <laughs> oh, God. Right now, let's get to the oh, phones right now. One triple three five three. the strangest thing you've eaten. You've brought this to the table, piggy boy. Yep. Yes, well, it's off the back of uh, the Labor government making it near impossible to live at the moment. So we'll uh, we'll leave that aside. <laughs> Just the, the cost of cost of living in this country oh. is out of control. But <laughs> yep, it's uh, in New Zealand. There's a a guy that's decided it's so hard to live over there. Everything's up. He's going to eat possums. Possums. Oh, he no. started to put possums on the barbecue and uh, started to make. Butter chicken, obviously, oh, but, butter good. possum. Butter poss. Uh, for, for a few cents a head, he said that the back legs are, are really tasty and meaty. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's much better than meat that you get in, uh, in the supermarket. So oh, I was thinking, oh, on the way in, I, I just seen this pop up and um, heard it. I thought, gee whiz, possum. That's, um, that's a bit out there to, to eat possum. But I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have eaten certain things. So I was wondering what's the strangest thing you've eaten? Well, you think it's weird don't you? But geez, years ago you must have thought at the start, geez, eating a chicken's a bit weird, wouldn't you? Like, you, you have to have that train of thought sometimes. That's the only way I can get my head around it. Well, what came first, Tomo, the chicken or the egg? Well, that is. We're going to discuss well. that after 11 o'clock. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> but, uh, you've, you've been on some tours. I'm sure you would have experienced yeah. some different foods on your journeys. Yeah, for sure. I remember being uh, green around the gills, 16, 17-year-old, over in Bangladesh, and, and we went to the Australian High Commission, and the first thing that lobbed in front of me was goat and oh, uh, yeah. goat curry. And for me, that was hang on, no, no, we don't eat goat, do we? Well, yes, you absolutely do, and it was delicious. Um, I must admit. So, look, that opened my eyes. You, you, that's one of the great things about cricket. You travel the world and you see a fair bit. But that was the first thing that really grabbed me. Uh, definitely tried snail when I was in, uh, in France. Um, and it's not for me. I'll, I'll just lay that out there right now. Um, it's not for me. And it wasn't for my wife, Rihanna, either. She didn't even try it. But um, certainly uh, there's plenty of delicacies out in the world there. And, I, and we'd love to hear oh, yeah. from the family what are some of yours. Have you had any, Tomo? Uh, Wichity Grub. Wichity Grub. Oh, yeah, we really? did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually on a school excursion. And, uh, was it alive? Uh, I couldn't actually tell you, to be honest. Yeah. It was a long, okay. long time ago. So we did that. A couple of crook kids on the bus back up the hills, though, uh, Fergus. Didn't sit yeah, too okay. well. And some people <laughs> opted out. But the old witchetty grub, that's as far as I've gone. I'm really sort oh, of yeah. just a... 
Yeah, sort of meat and three veg operator. I, I don't do it. Sausages and potato. That's it. Spuds, couple of snags. That a job done for me. <laughs> You've got yeah, Chris right. Dipmara who has steak with tomato sauce. I, I couldn't imagine <laughs> oh, him no, we can't trying have anything out there. That could be the weirdest thing I've ever heard. That's <laughs> oh, shocking. Okay, let's, let's go to the phones. One triple three five three. What's the weirdest thing that you've eaten? And we've got some sample tickets to give away. This oh, is absolutely stop it. But you and three mates, if you don't mind. Ooh, oh, yes. Head along. Sit up there on the hill. Great day out. Brilliant. One triple three five three. The weirdest thing you've ever eaten. Sample tickets to give away. We'll take your calls next here at the Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Triple M. One oh four. Point seven on the dial, and we're also on Lister as well. L I S A T and uh, it's the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockcliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom and we're smack bang in the middle of a phone, a one triple three five three style. The the strangest thing you've ever eaten there, Rocky. Yeah, well, it comes off the back of uh, the Kiwis. It's not throw a snag on the Barbie anymore. The snags are too expensive. They've decided to start throwing some possum oh, on, the, no. on the barbecue. So there's a guy over in New Zealand that uh, is struggling for, for money, so he decided to start eating possum. He's uh, He started to make him the butter chicken version, but obviously butter oh. possum. So <laughs> it's certainly a bit out there. Our good friend, mine and Matt O'Reilly, the boss, our good friend Ben Fordham, he said he's tried uh, elephant tongue, I think, during the week on radio wow. over there in Sydney as well. So elephant there's tongue. a few unique uh, things out there. Fergus, you've been overseas and had some snails. Yeah, I tried a snail in France. And then also uh, when I was about a, when I was a green guild, 16, 17-year-old Bangladesh, I tried a goat curry. And uh, oh, like Tomo said before, yeah. very much in the uh, meat and three veg and uh, getting a goat lobbed in front of you, your first tour overseas was interesting. How do you go with the snail? Is that a, is that a cook-up job? Is that shell involved with that, uh, I think it de- where it depends where you are, but um, ours had the shell with it and it was just a really... <laughs> Shingies. Yeah, really interesting scenario. You know but, about um, that, flossing your teeth that night, Rob. Oh, no, it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Intriguing. Oh, I didn't eat much bit of it. out there. <laughs> Righto, we'll go to the phones right now. One, triple, three, five, three. We'll head out to Rosewater. We've got Bryn. Bryn, strangest thing yeah. you've eaten. Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, one of my tours of um, Afghanistan. I um, had to do a hearts and minds thing to a village and they were having a curry. It was actually scorpion curry. Scorpion um, curry, you whiz. It was actually quite nice. It was quite crunchy, but um, quite nice. Jingies, <laughs> 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 I don't know about that. Because otherwise you insult them, as you would appreciate. Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. A bit, bit of scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, we'll go out to Sue. Sue, strangest thing you've ever eaten? A honey ant. Honey ants. How does this roll? Run us through this. They're little ants and, like, they eat really sweet things and their bum just fills up with... Um, Sweet honey, and you just eat them. It's an Aboriginal cuisine, really. Yeah, right. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, so you've eaten, really the, nice. you've eaten the backside of an ant. Well, you eat the whole ant. Wow. It's just full, full yeah. of honey. You got Stevie oh. Motlop. He's, uh, his company, they've got green ant gin. Yes. So they actually put the, yes. ant, the green ants in there. I actually have had that as well. They're beautiful. They're, How was it? They're in, the yep. bo- they're in the bottles. I think they uh, people love it, yep. apparently. So it's Happy doing days. really well. Daniel and Stevie Motlop. Uh, we'll head up to the hills at Bahanna Frank. Strangest thing you've ever eaten, mate. There you go, guys. Good, mate. I've eaten a fair bit of strange shit in my life. Right? <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd go the scorpion curry. Yeah. I've had, uh, look, I've had, I've had sheep tongue, brain, uh, stomach. I've eaten chicken, the comb of a chicken, chicken wow. head, oh. chicken feet. Probably the strangest thing would probably be the, uh, the old guinea pig, though. Guinea oh. pig? Guinea pig? How does this go? Guinea pig. Right. How did that go down the hatchet? Uh, it, goes, 
goes all right, man. It goes real well. You can you can either skin them like a rabbit, and so they're just all the fats off it and that, or you can actually put them in hot water and 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 uh, get all the fur off. So then you end up with like a little pork fat. It's actually right. really delicious. Is it really? Wow, I would never yeah, have thought of that. Chuck it up in a bit of tomato sauce and potato and chili. Hell. Oil, beauty. Jengi, so oh, thank you so much for that, Frank. <laughs> well, Dits would have been happy with the tomato yeah, sauce addition there to the guinea pig. I would have been pumped with that. Mm. Have we got any more calls, Tomo? Well, is that it? No, we got one more. We got young Rory. He's 10 years old from Craigmore. G'day, Rory. How are you, mate? Good. That's good. What is the strangest thing you've eaten? When my dad tries to cook. <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything he cooks. <laughs> what, no good behind the stove, young Rosa? Pardon? He's no good behind the stove cooking? Oh, no, he's shocking. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's his worst meal, mate? Oh, all of it. <laughs> you name it. Oh, brilliant. Hey, Rory, we're going to send you off to the Sandful, mate. Enjoy those tickets. Go ahead along with the old man. Okay. No worries, Thanks. mate. Well done. You, Rory. Good stuff. I, I'm surprised we didn't have a call call in. We had one call in that said he ate um, sheep's brain. I, I was thinking that someone would call in and say that they've eaten Andrew Jarman's brain because it's no longer there. <laughs> God. <laughs> wow. we, we were going so well. <laughs> we were going so well. I, thought, I think we're yeah. going even better now. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. Wow. Triple M. Triple M. This motorsport update with Rusty is brought to you by Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Now, I tell you what, there's only one place you go when you want updates in the world of motorsport. His name's Greg Rust, and he dominates the listener app with Rusty's Garage Podcast. Good morning to you, great man. Morning, guys. I've got my 100th feature episode dropping on Tuesday. Very oh. proud of the milestone. Cannot wait for mate. We lo- uh, cannot wait. We love the show. Now, Dan Ricardo moved down to, well, he moved down expectations a little with his uh, F1 return in Hungary. How did he go and yeah. practice overnight? Not too bad, actually. He says he's about 95% there. So this thought that he might be, pardon the pun, a little rusty oh, on hang his on. return. Oh, hey. uh, oh, yes. <laughs> he went there. He's, he's, He's shaken that off uh, already, boys. So um, he's ended up 14th. His teammate in practice two was fourth. So he's got a little bit of work to do. Um, but I don't think comparisons with the teammate are, are kind of necessary yet. They had a bit of wet weather in, in session one and still getting used to the car, which is different to the Red Bull he tested in recent days. And is it true that Red Bull decided 11 laps into Dan Ricardo's test that it would axe the young Dutch driver who is in that seat that he's taken now, Rusty? You're bang on, yes. So Christian Horner has spoken on one of the official F1 podcasts about this. So Dan's been doing some simulator work while he's been having a reset this year and he's been to every driver's briefing. Um, You you know, it's been tough, as I said on last week's show, to watch him on the sidelines. But when he stepped in for that tyre test after the British Grand Prix, um, they say that he was doing times that were good enough for a front row start within about seven laps. And by lap 11, they were calling Nick DeVries. So... um, Helmut Marco, who's the motorsport manager kind of there uh, and makes the tough the tough calls, um, delivered the news. And it's a blow to Nick, obviously. Only 10 races into the championship, but a great opportunity for Dan to get back in and behind the wheel. Oh, and this one gets me a little bit excited, Rusty. A little bit of wee <laughs> just came out when I was reading this. A double dose of supercar drivers next month with Shane Van Gisberg and heading back for more NASCAR. Can he get it done again along with Brody Kostecki? Uh, that's a visual I really don't need on a Saturday morning. <laughs> but yes, 
Uh, really exciting. Brody's actually been working on this project for about four months. He's going to be with the Richard Childress team, famous team in NASCAR. And he's had a bit of experience in lower tier classes that sort of feed to NASCAR going back about a decade ago now. So great that he's heading back. Uh, obviously, Shane hit it out of the park with, with what he did in Chicago. They're both going to be at Indianapolis on the, the road course there. So famous piece of racing real estate. And that's coming up in August, August 11 to 13. And we're very excited to see how both of them from this part of the world go. Rusty, once again, mate, you are sky high. Enjoy the rest yes. of your weekend. Love it, boys. Have a great one. Cheers. Rusty. That's Rusty for Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. 12 minutes away from 11 o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide, the Dead Cert Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cal Ferguson and Tom are here until 11.30. Then the rub kicks off. Cannot wait for this contest tonight, boys. It'll be box office. There should oh, be yeah. 45,000 plus at the Adelaide Oval tonight. The Port Adelaide Football Club welcome the Collingwood Footy Club coming to town. How do you see it, Rocky? Yeah, it should be a cracking game, shouldn't it? As we spoke about earlier on, 2v1, 1v2, Adelaide Oval. Hopefully it's a full house. It's probably the biggest game the Adelaide Oval's seen, for, for certainly for a number of years. You don't often get the, the top two teams playing against each other this late in the season, so it should be a ripping contest. Port Adelaide has swung the changes again. We've seen what happened to them last week. They had the, the seven changes against Carlton, got wiped down there, so... That was disappointing. You, you almost expected them to be in that game against Carlton, maybe lose it because of all the changes, but not the way they lost it. So they'll be disappointed with that. Dixon returns, Horn Francis, Trent McKenzie, Willie Rioli as well, and, and a few big outs, Darcy Byrne-Jones with concussion. Dylan Williams, I, I think, could find himself a little bit unlucky. He's been pretty pretty good this season. And then Tommy Jonas as well, the, the skipper's out. For Collingwood, Mychek comes back in and Darcy Cameron and a few... That they've just left out there, and uh, one of them's Billy Frampton. But it should be a ripping contest. Do, do they go after Dacos like they did earlier on in the season? I think it was Lockie Jones that tried to, to shut him down across half back. He's moved into the midfield now. It's going to be a, a really good contest through there. Who can get on top around the footy and, and give their team an opportunity? Collingwood so good off the counter attack the way they, they play their footy. They set up for the turnover, they try and force you long down the line. So Port Adelaide. Don't actually mind playing that style at different times as well, going longer to the contest. But they've been a lot more aggressive taking the corridor on this year. So really looking forward to this contest. Back page of the Tizer today. Uh, a couple of quotes here from some pretty prominent figures for both football clubs respectively. Braden Maynard, we're sitting on top of the ladder for a reason. Ken Hinckley, we are playing the best team in the competition in the competition by their admission. So the war of words is going to be on, Fergus. How good? Oh, it's great. And we, we, what we love about Port Adelaide is they've taken on all comers this year. You know, obviously, they, were, they had their detractors after last season, but uh, they've just stuck fat to each other. They've they've made sure that when there's been a blip on the radar, they've really come hard and, and stuck together. And, and I love the aggressive nature of the, of the players, not just with the style of play when they've got it in hand, but the pressure they're providing across the ground. Rock's been elite. Yeah, it certainly has. And it shapes it to be one of those contests, as you speak about, Fergus. Both teams, when they're on defensively, their pressure's outstanding. They both want to play that attacking style. I mentioned that Collingwood want to get to the corridor and, and play off turnover and transition. Port Adelaide are much the same. They want to hit the corridor as often as they can, and they were disappointed. They, they want to bounce back, and uh, they, they get a good opportunity. Zach Butters has been a little bit quiet out of the boys. He hasn't been um, in, in as good form as what he was to start the season. So that, they've got a few guys that'll be looking to, to put in strong performances. Ollie Wines will captain the team again. I think 
he'll uh, he'll be up and about for the, for this game. There's no doubting that. So it's a, a contest that you, you're just going to have to watch tonight. Toddy Marshall, he's going to have to try and control the forward line a little bit, get up and down the ground, hit the scoreboard. Rioli at ground level, Dixon coming up against the probably the all Australian fullback in Darcy Moore at the moment as well. He's he's been out, outstanding. Quainor as well. He's running carry off half back. So it's it just shapes mm. as one of those contests that's going to be season defining. I think potentially for Port Adelaide more so than Collingwood. Collingwood sit on the top of the ladder, but this is a massive game for Port Adelaide off the back of last week. We know they've won third. They won 13, 12, 13 on the bounce, but the way they played last week against Carlton was disappointing. Back on their home deck, they need to respond and respond really strongly. You've got me up, Rock. I'll tell you, you've got yes. me up. This has got me up and about. As we uh, switch our attention over to the Adelaide Football Club, heading back over to Victoria to take on... Uh, Melbourne Footy Club, I should say. We heard from Jordan Butts earlier on the show. Uh, it didn't really fill me with optimism, if I'm being brutally honest about things. I haven't. Cha- they look like they're not changing anything about jumping back on the road, Rock. Yeah, I think he's just a young kid, just uh, learning how to perform in the media. Uh, um, Jordan Butts, he was. He didn't give much away, but it, I'm sure they would be doing something different. There's no way they can continue to. Just go on their away trips and, and try and repeat the same method because if they continue to go and, and just keep keep getting the same results and not tinker with anything or try and change anything, then then that's just insanity, isn't it? <laughs> you turn up, you keep yeah. doing the same thing. So for them, for the Adelaide Crows, they'll be really, really disappointed they let that slip last week. They should have won that game against the Giants. They, they had them... Um, where they wanted to, couldn't finish the job, and, and the Giants got them again. So the Crows, uh, their final chances are, are slipping away rapidly at the moment. If they lose this game, which oh, I think we expect them to, I certainly do. I think Melbourne are, are in much better form and starting to play better footy, different team at the MCG as well, and the, the Crows just haven't travelled at all. So um, for for the Crows, they need to come up with a plan to stop Max Gorn. We've seen he was um, in scintillating form last week. Their leaders stood up in those big moments. Petrarca is a forward. Um, he's he's sort, certainly added something different. Viney as well. So the Adelaide Crows need to go there with the game plan. Matty Crouch gets an opportunity, comes back mm. into the team. So that's good to see as well. Now, Matty Crouch coming back into the side, Rock, I, I'm really pumped about this. This is a great story of perseverance. He was all but written off by all and sundry earlier in the season, but to to see him work his way through the last uh, last few months of footy and get his body right and and get himself back into the side that's a good news story. Yeah, it certainly is. He's had, he's had his challenges. There's no doubt about that over the last couple of years. A best and fairest winner, and then he's found his way out of the team. So. I mean, they'll be disappointed, uh, particularly with Rochelle as well. You, you speak about just a, a brain snap that he had last week. He'll learn from that. He's a young player. He'll come back better. But, um, yeah, Matty Crouch, it's great to see him back. Hopefully he gets the opportunity, grabs it with both hands and dominates um, the Melbourne midfield because that's how they play, in and, in and under the contest, and, and that's what Matty, Pr- Matty Crouch provides. Triple M rocking football from 11.30 today. Just quickly, boys, who are you both tipping for the respective games? Well, last week I tipped both the Adelaide teams. This week I'm going to tip against them. I'd love to see Port Adelaide win, but I just I, no confidence. I will tip Port Adelaide because they're, they're my team, but I I would probably expect that's probably my heart talking. My head says that Collingwood will win that, and I think uh, Melbourne will win at the MCG against so, the Crows. So you've so you've picked Collingwood. Um, I'm going yeah, in a roundabout Port. Way. I think Port. Yeah, I think Port will win, and I think Melbourne will just get the job done over the Crows. Beautiful. Triple M rocking football from 11.30 today. How good?
You can get it on the listener app as well, L-I-S-T, and it's a dead set legends on Triple M. 11 o'clock family, good morning to you. Eight minutes past as we go for a top of about 14 degrees around the city oh. of churches today. A few showers developing, but still looking forward to this game tonight. Cannot wait for that. The Port Adelaide Footy Club takes on the Collingwood Footy Club, and the text line's always open here, boys. Of course it is. We just did a, uh, a live read. Mm-hmm. For the great mob at Aussie Broadband. Oh, how good! And pe- outstanding. Pe- they are fantastic. We love what they're what they're doing and bringing to the table. But the text line's blown up. There's a clanger from Eddie Munster, which is which is you, Fergus. <laughs> I was all over it. Not a mistake from me. But we might just need to listen back to Rockies. Yeah, and uh, and the pig is absolutely useless, is what he said here. The dead set legends. <laughs> Are on the ball as always. So we 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 self-assess here at the Dead Set Legends. Always. So we thought we'd have a little listen. Total flexibility and control over your plan, Rocky. Yes, Tomo. That means you can upgrade or downgrade to fit whatever you need, and it's all with no lock-in contracts. You're covered with Aussie Broadband Mobile. Switch your mo your mobile in minutes at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Worst thing is that was one of our better ones. Well, there was nothing wrong with that. I was My saying because Callum Ferguson well, called Tomo. Ferg, Tomo. Well, at the start you said you needed a new phone, Tomo. So I was saying, well, here I've got you covered. I don't know if I was nice a part coverage. of that read actually. <laughs> nice coverage. Sure. Well, the first one this morning, Ferg didn't even know we were doing it. You could have played the first one, the first live read where he uh, just. Said, and uh, yeah, rock. <laughs> that was it. Oh, but you talk about live God. reads. There's a, a show that uh, goes on air. I think weekdays, doesn't it? Four till six. The rush hour, yeah. absolutely yeah, they airborne. Are the gold, they are flying. They are flying. The gold, gold standard when it they comes are to live reads. Lying, but they can't do their live reads live because there's too many errors. And and we've got a few of their outtakes. I think. This Saturday night, the game of the year between Port Adelaide and the Collingwood Football Club sold out. Sold out, out, family. Now, if you missed out on the tickets, you can still get some uh, tickets if you get to the game. (laughs) 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 I said if you missed out on some tickets, get to the game, you'll be able to get a ticket. So what, is it sold out or it's not? (laughs) Is it sold out? uh, His body's there. And then he doubled down on it. (laughs) So what? So, so if it's sold out, you can get to the game and still get tickets. Or what? well, that's that's what he's just told us. There's a few scalpers out the front. There must be. <laughs> this Saturday night, the game of the year between Port Adelaide and the Collingwood Football Club sold out. Sold out, family. Now, if you missed out on the tickets, you can still get some uh, tickets if you get to the game. <laughs> Rogue there, I reckon. Unbelievable. Jay Z Clark to join us next. 104.7 Adelaide's Triple M. It's a dead set legends. Morning, Adelaide. 104.7 Adelaide's a Triple M. This is the dead set legends. And when you want all the news out of Melbourne, you go to one guy. Triple M's dead set legends. AFL newsbreaker, Jay Clark. Jay Z Clark joins us right now. Good morning to you, great man. Uh, great to be with you, uh, Tomo. But I. Um I don't know, I'm just trying to summarise my own emotions. I feel a little bit disappointed in you. Um, I'm, I'm hurting. Um, oh, in I'm, me? I'm, I've, I've gone through stages of anger. Oh, um, Because, we well, I set the agenda a couple of weeks ago with my cricket team. Oh, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then and you've come up with a, with a South Australian imitation 11. And, um, <laughs> and I charge copyright for these things, Tomo. And, um, well, I mate, if you didn't sorry. leave the Adelaide people out in the first place, we wouldn't have had to do a whole seven minutes on it. <laughs> well, I thought Bernie Vince could represent your whole state. That's what I thought. I so, thought so does uh, he. 
But you <laughs> so does he. Um, but however, I, you know what the big story to come out of it was, and that, this has made its way over the um, Victorian border. Um, you know, it's been a lot of rifts this week. We're talking about Braden Maynard and Ken Hinckley. We're talking about mm. Brett Ratton and Nick Rewald. And the, the Cal Ferguson versus Greg Blewett stash over Ooh. the controversial captaincy call, I believe, is going to make the Herald Sun tomorrow. So oh, wow. uh, there's been a, a dust-up, a blow-up. Cal Ferguson thinks he's been in better form than Bluey recently. <laughs> and um, you just stay tuned on that one. Stay oh, tuned. we like that. No, look, I've always been of the opinion that the captain's chosen. The captain doesn't decide he's going to be captain. And, and someone else has made that call. You know, I'll, I'll do it if the, if the men want me to do it. You know, I'm not putting my hand up. It's... It must have been Catherine Blewett, his wife, that wanted him as captain because she makes all the decisions in that household. But let's talk about riffs there, Jay-Z. Let's go to uh, Brett Ratton and uh, Nick Rewalt. Oh, there's some nice little feeling. As I said, it's been a spicy week in the football world. As we saw this week, uh, Nick Rewalt had a huge clip at the Saints or Brett Ratton saying there'd been no standards in the joint for the past decade and good on Ross for actually, you know, setting... Um, some, some standards around the place. And then Brett Ratton, who was the coach at the time, I think, what was it, six years at the Saints, said the only time that Nick Rewalt went anywhere near Moorabbin over that, that uh, time span was when he was interested in a um, in a free physio. And we oh. confirmed with Lee Montagna this morning that he is a complete tight oh, no. Rewalt. So <laughs> Brett Ratton was certainly onto uh, something there. It is a big game for the Saints, though, and... Um, Look, there, there is there is some frustrations building. I mean, of course, they won seven out of their first ten games, come up, uh, shot up the ladder. But that loss to Gold Coast was very disappointing. They have to beat North Melbourne, and if they don't, if the Kangaroos can notch an upset in this one, then it will be a uh, absolute bun fight tomorrow uh, throughout the week. So. Certainly one to watch. North Melbourne desperate for a win for Ratton before Clarko comes back and takes over. And Jay Z, have you got a bit of an update on what's happening with the fixtures going forward? Yeah, I think the uh, finals wild card, which did sort of catch fire throughout the week, has already died a, a slow death. A slow death. Excuse already? me. Of course, all the, of course, the, all the AFL uh, CEOs got together um, for their coaching conference throughout the week down there at Murray Mansion. Now, normally in my household, we just drink the standard twenty dollar pepper jack from Dan Murphy. Yeah. They were <laughs> drinking the pepper jack at the conference. It was the top end stuff. But instead of the wild card, I suspect it's going to be a seventeen. Six sort of fixture split where everyone plays each other once. The ladder then gets divided into three conferences. The top six all fight it out for um, home final spots. The middle six then try and vie for seven and eight spots. And then the bottom six just basically um, spin around on that merry-go-round uh, by themselves. And you know, no one's going to care too much about them. So that is probably the way forward again. This is probably a 2025 thing. It's not happening in the next two years. And the CEO said there is more work required. Mid-season trade period update. The AFL um, probably on the clock. It, it's probably going to be um, unlikely for next year, but maybe the year after, again, 2025 for a mid-season trade period. But a lot of work going into that concept as well. Jay-Z Clark, you're all over it. And thanks so much for the idea with the Cricket 11, mate. <laughs> you're uh, a star, love that. Jay-Z. <laughs> love that. Good work, guys. You're a good man. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, uh, Rocky, before we go, what are your thoughts on that? Do you like that idea? Because it, it seems a little bit unfair at the moment, the teams that certainly get to play North Melbourne and West Coast twice. No, not really, because I think the AFL lose money. If you've got the bottom six teams playing each other, no one's going to go, are they? Yeah, like... but don't, what about the blockbusters the other end, though? 
Yeah, but yeah, what, what do you give up? What do you get? I, I just think they they need to just do the rounds. I actually like the idea of the wild card because seven, seventh and eighth never really win the grand final. I think it's happened once, the Western Bulldogs. So instead of having the bye and we lose all momentum in the season, have a wild card weekend where you actually got four teams at play, two games Friday, Saturday night. I, I like the idea of the wild card instead of going that way. That's basically a final though, isn't it? We can't call mm. that a home and away, but if the only no, four, yeah, it's a final. It's a final, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, final, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a it's a final to the final two spots in, yep. in there. Okay, yep. yeah, I don't mind it. Don't mind. Yeah, we're gonna I'm wrap. We're gonna wrap the show up next here at the Dead Set Legends one hundred four point seven Adelaide's Triple M. Twenty five minutes past eleven o'clock for your Saturday morning, Adelaide. This is the Dead Set Legends. Tom Rockliffe, Cow Ferguson, and Tom and Boys. That's a bumper show. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, bumper again. show. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to tonight, boys. Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Adelaide yeah, over fifty thousand. Tomo. Yeah. And uh, Fergus, but a, a little concerning bit of news came over me desk this week. Ferg, oh. we had a, a spy sent out to watch Tomo play last week out there at yes. Meadows and said he's just a just an average player considering he thought he should have been on the Bulldogs right. list. He can't kick the footy very far, but I'll tell you what the thug did. He got sent off. He, he did. got yellow carded last week, Ferg. In front of our boss, Matt O'Reilly, the one week he goes out and shows support for anyone at Triple M, he's gone out and watched Tomo, and you've been carded. What happened, Tomo? Brain fade. No, brain fade. I've got to be brutally honest about things. Never said I should be on the Bulldogs list. We'll just clarify that once Absolutely. and for all. And the, uh, not a thug, it wasn't a thug act there, Rock, just a bit of a brain fade and just needed a spell for a minute and uh, I'll learn... Learn a, a good life lesson there. Absolutely. Thanks so much for bringing this up. I thought it would come up. I did think it would come up, and I thought, we're at the end of the show. Maybe this one's just slipped through. But, yeah, probably not the greatest week to do it right in front of your boss. Oh, poor old Meadows had to play with 17 for yeah, 20 no, minutes while you were sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Thankfully, all the young blokes stood up and ran the extra miles That's and right. kept the side ahead while you were off, Tomo. Just quickly about Matty O'Reilly as well. Uh, when I did actually get back on the ground, he sort of yelled out to me on the half-forward flank. There he goes. Thought you were a bit quiet in the third, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Goodness um, me! Hey, uh, another thing before we go, let's uh, let's wish the Matildas well this yes. week. They've got Nigeria on Thursday night, so uh, let's get around the Matildas. One nil in their first game against the Republic of Ireland. Let's fire up and get them over the line into the next stage. Bloody oath! Bloody oath! What about the Sam Kerr thing? It was a nice little secret there, Fergus. Yeah, uh, what did we all think about that really late uh, decision to announce it to everyone, Rock? There's a bit of uh, Geelong Football Club about that, just keeping it, you know, smoke and daggers in the night type uh, activity. Love it, love it. Don't give anything away. Yeah, good work, good work. If you miss (laughs) anything from the show, you can get it on the listener app, L-I-S-T, and uh, good luck to the Port Adelaide Footy Club taking on Collingwood tonight and the Crows as they take on Melbourne tomorrow. Have a good one. We'll see you next Saturday from 9 o'clock. See ya. Bye.